You're listening to GGR Pirate Radio. Don't be a juice bag. This is called Pirate Radio. Before we get started, does anyone want to get out? You run around this city like it's your damn shooting gallery. Yeah, what do you do? What do you do? You act like it's a playground. You beat up the bullies with your fists. You throw them in jail. Everybody calls you a hero, right? And then a month, a week, a day later, they're back on the streets doing the yeah. same goddamn so, thing. So you just put them in the morgue. You're goddamn right, I do. One chooses to walk the way of the Mandalore. You are both hunter and prey. This is the way. This is the way. The Force will be with you. Always. Be bold. Be brave. Courageous. Black alert. It's called Pirate Radio. We a refuge for great geeks, cause round here we don't get geek. We don't care for the hate speech. That's why we ain't mainstream. So we linked up on the same team. No heights we can't reach. We are fan, we're hearts true. If you feel the same, sing along too. Say great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge, great geek, great geek, refuge, refuge. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. Don't be a juice bag, cause round here we don't do that. It's like, yeah, uh, no, action news. And now, your host, Mike Lutzberg. I'm totally gonna use that, too. <laughs> So, Rambo, what are you watching, man? Uh, the most consistent thing we're watching is Night Court. Uh, <laughs> Night Court is... All right, Grandma, little... tell us about Night Court. For, uh, first of all, suck a dick. Second of all... <laughs> <laughs> that show is fucking hilarious. John Larroquette won an Emmy four years in a row to the point where he, he told them to take his name out of the running. Because he knew he would keep winning, and he was like, "I don't, I don't need any more. I appreciate it. Thank you. I'm good." Uh, fun fact: Larry Ken is also the narrator in Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Um, oh shit! But yeah, it's just it's 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 available for free on uh, uh, on Prime with IMDb TV. Um, it is really funny. It is it is weirdly touching in places. I will say there was an episode we watched very recently that is it's 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 funny when you see the time period really creep in because there is an episode that is so overblown where um, Harry starts dating this woman and it turns out she's a witch and it is not played for laughs. It is played as this super serious, like this could ruin his career, uh, you know. And, and seemingly she has like real magical powers. It is it's... so fucking odd. And even like <laughs> Katie both were like, "Hold on, what are we doing here? This is this is very this is very strange." What? Like there's also like, and it's also. It's funny, like, because I grew up watching that show in, like, little, you know, bits and pieces here and there, like, random episodes. So I knew about, like, character turnover. I didn't realize how much turnover there was and how much of a specific, like... All right, so the show starts, and there's two bailiffs, uh, two name bailiffs. There's Bull, but Richard Mall. And there's Selma played by Selma Diamond. Fucking voice of uh, Harvey Two Face in yeah, the yeah, series. Yeah, yeah, yes, he is. Yes. Um, and oh, he's so fucking good. Yeah. Um, and so Selma's like, you know, uh, uh, she's the the like sort of like flat affects, you know, one liner kind of jokes. So first three seasons, she is on the show. Between seasons. Or was it the first two seasons? It might be the first two. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's first two. She's on the show for the first two seasons. Between seasons two and three, she gets lung cancer. She passed away. Oh, shit. It fucking sucks. So season three, they bring in this woman, Frances Halsup. Uh, and they basically kind of do like the same kind of thing. You know, 
little lady, like little old Hollywood lady, uh, uh, does one-liners and shit. Between season three and four, she gets lung cancer and she dies. <laughs> I'm just like, what the fuck is going on? <laughs> just chain smoking on the sets at, at night Which, court? Like, God damn. It was a thing for Selma. Like, she was constantly smoking in the show. Um, but yeah, it, and it was it was a real thing. Um, but then there's also, like... Um, and, and, like, they would... Repl- like, Selma, so far, Selma's been the only character that has been, like, changed over, and they talk about it. There's an episode where, you know, the, the first episode of season three, uh, when it comes back, um, there's a whole episode about Bull dealing with Selma's death. And about them having to find a new bailiff, um, and it's it's rough, uh, and it's 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 pretty honest in places. It is it is not the uh, the fucking cavalcade of honest reactions and pain that that episode of News Radio was uh, when yeah. Bill dies. Um, but uh, but it's 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 about as honest as you, you would expect to get from an '80s sitcom. Yeah, um, which is interesting too because, and just a quick aside, and I'll sure. let, you, let you continue. Um, I went back and started watching uh, Cheers a few years ago because I remember watching it as a kid, and it was talked about as like the greatest sitcom ever. And I was like, all right, well, let's let's watch it and see how it holds up. First off, super dated. There's a lot of really troublesome '80s shit in that in that show. Yes, there is. Um, but additionally too, um, the the Woody Harrelson takes over. In like season three or four for this guy named coach coach, coach was yeah. one of sam malone's pitching coaches when he was playing for the red sox and coach also is a bartender at the bar coach died the guy the actor who played him died and mm-hmm. they do dick to respond to it they just recast it they bring in woody it's, it's another uh, uh actor right another character but like they mentioned like oh coach retired he wrote me a letter hey sam i'm doing fine like that would, that always rubbed me the wrong way. I was like, man, that's fucked up. That you would just take this character and just be like, eh, fuck it, and just like not even bring it up again. There are little like, if you know, you know, nods. Yeah. But yeah, there it, it's it's not like discussed. Um, like the the very last episode, I think, um, when Sam's closing up the bar, yeah. there's a photo of Geronimo. And that was uh, Ernie. I can't remember the guy's last name, but that was like his photo. Uh, and Sam touches it before he leaves. Um, so there's like again, like little stuff like that. But yeah, it, it's the 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 most honest uh, uh, assessment of that and 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 handling of that is the episode of News Radio. Yeah. Um, and and they just handle it like Bill had a heart attack over the weekend and he's dead. And they're all just crushed. Yeah. And everybody's fucking destroyed. Yeah. Um, yeah. That. Oh God. Do you know uh, the behind say... the scenes shit with that and Andy Dick, and what happened with Andy Dick and? Um, yes, I do. John, and John Lovitz. <laughs> yes, um, I MC, do. MC, you may not know this. Okay, yeah, I say so, what happened. Okay, so Phil Hartman was killed by his wife. She killed him and then killed herself. Um because she got back into drugs she like she had gotten clean phil had helped her get clean and then she got back into drugs allegedly i i don't know if this is confirmed allegedly andy dick was the one that got her back on coke and phil hartman and john lovitz were like best friends and lovitz was destroyed by the fact that phil hartman had had been killed and came to andy dick and basically blamed andy dick for it and like beat his ass like took his head and smashed it against a bar at a comedy club this was at a memorial for hartman like he like he wow. fucking beat andy dick's ass like, yeah andy dick showed john up lovitz. Look, and john lovitz like... i mean like john lovitz is not a like a threatening or scary dude but just like imagine him like going in and beating someone's ass like that's just crazy to me the, yeah, the, my understanding is it was at a memorial for Phil Hartman. Andy Dick showed up, and Lovett's like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" And it it turned into a fucking fight. Like Dick made some like offhand remark, which like like let, to be clear, like they were also friends. Um, but he he handled it in the way that Andy Dick handles things, and like it was very flippant and pretty rude. And Lovett just wasn't having it. 
And he's yeah, like, you're the reason Phil's dead. And yeah, head into bar. <laughs> and like, Hennig was carried out of the premises. Yeah, like, I, <laughs> I, I, I immediately just Googled something, right? Uh, right here. And yeah, like he, the way he explained it, he was like, Andy was complaining and giving me a hard time. Phil told me that they had a Christmas party and Andy was doing coke and he gave it to Phil's wife who had been sober for 10 years. Mm-hmm. So Andy said to me, well, you shouldn't be here. And I said, well, I wouldn't be here if you hadn't given Bryn coke in the first place. And then, nope. you know, yeah. <laughs> but, uh, <whew. laughs> yeah, yeah, it, it's, it's real bad. It's real bad. Um, so, uh, so Night Court. So Night Court. <laughs> Wait, so, so we're, we're, um, we're one character away from locking in the cast because they replaced uh, the court clerk. Um, where you know, we finally have Mac. Mac is the is the clerk now. Um, which again, like there was a character that was set up from the pilot, and and through the, all through the first season is like we're gonna, we're gonna build a romance with Harry and we're gonna do a whole thing with her, and then she just disappears and you never hear about her again. And there was a defense attorney. Um, uh, she she was like the public defender. She was like she was on on the show for the whole first season. Gone. Uh, and then in the second season, they bring in uh, this woman Ellen, Ellen Foley to play this character Billy. And Billy is is she's the new defense attorney. And they do another thing with her. We're like we're gonna set up a kind of a romance thing. A will they won't they with her and Harry. And then gone. Uh, and the 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 thing I learned about it was. Um, they always wanted Marky Post for the show, and she couldn't get out of her contract on the Fall Guy. So when her contract was up, they just fired Ellen Foley and brought in Marky Post. Let's get the fuck out! Like, I didn't even want to be here. What the fuck, man? <laughs> like, dick move. Um, but yeah, so it was a Harry Anderson thing because he was a magician. He just made him disappear. Poof. Um. <laughs> But uh, yeah, so so fourth season after uh, uh, Francis Halsop dies, uh, they bring in Marshall Warfield, and that is your cast for the rest of the show. Uh, that that's when it's fully locked in. Is you have, like yeah, the, like, the, typically that's like a death sentence for a show if you're having that much. If like, you're, like, yeah, if you keep kicking, kicking around between cast. Um, the only three people that are in every episode of the show, or at least are are on the show from the first pilot from the pilot through the end of the series, are Richard Mall, who plays Bull, Harry Anderson, who plays Harry, and John Larroquette, who plays Dan Fielding. Everybody else changes out to some degree. Fucking wild. Yeah. Oh, shit. oh also watched an absolute garbage fucking movie. Um that it <sighs> It's so stupid, and it, and like in really poor taste, and I keep re- it's. You ever run into something that is so dumb that people go back around the opposite direction, and they're like, "Oh no, no this is brilliant." You just don't understand it. Oh god damn it! I hate this shit. <laughs> <laughs> It is a movie called The Scary of 61st. Um, it is a... It's set up as a... I mean, it, it is a horror thriller. Um, and it has a conceit that is revealed in, like, the first third of the movie that I will say, I instantly was like, what? That fucking... For real? Okay, let's see how this plays out. And it plays out poorly. Uh, it is badly <laughs> shot. It is badly acted. Uh, it is badly written. Um, it's also just fucking gross uh, in terms of, like, the subject matter. And, like, fuck it. I'll just tell, tell you what it is. Um, so the movie opens with two young women who are apartment hunting in New York. And they find this place that is awesome. It is fully furnished. Uh, it's incredibly cheap, and you're like, well, why is it so cheap? Like, okay, we're setting up some kind of, like, you know, weird, you know, uh, 93 people were killed in this apartment or some shit. Yeah. And the reveal is that it was one of Jeffrey Epstein's apartments that oh, he Jesus. would bring 
uh, uh, children to and have sex with them, and other people would have sex with them as well, and it was, excuse me, would rape them. Let's, let's be clear. Um, and instantly I was like, fucking what? <laughs> are are we seriously doing that? But a movie, oh. not, a, not a documentary. Not, not a documentary. This not is a... a they lied to me, and this is like a Dateline behind the scenes. Like no. this is what this bullshit. No, like that's no. what. And over the course of the movie, two thing the, the 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 two lead characters, one of them meets a woman who is played by the writer director, uh, and she is someone who is like a reporter, and she's investigating um, the the Epstein murder suicide you know question mark. Um, and she starts going down this conspiracy theory rabbit hole uh, with the the one roommate. The other roommate, the other roommate, becomes possessed by the ghost of a thirteen year old girl who was the uh, uh, consistent um, uh, rape victim of I don't know if it's Prince Andrew. It's one of the it's one of the British royals, uh, oh, Andrew Sun, who is tied into all this Epstein shit, um, and it is so gross um, because it's not as though oh okay she becomes possessed by this ghost and she starts killing like rich men like affluent white guys um, like that could be kind of interesting no they don't do that um, they do things like. She is clearly obsessively in love with Andrew um, and is like losing her mind because of it. Um, and it's, it is a piece of shit. It is a total piece of shit. <laughs> don't watch this movie. Like, do not, like, don't let your morbid curiosity about it make you watch this movie. Go watch anything else. Go sit in front of a blank wall for an hour and a half. You'll have a better experience. Go watch um, Night Court. Go watch Night Court. Like I said, it's for it's it does it does have commercials with IMDb TV, which is a bummer, but it's a much better experience. It's much more engaging. It's much more fun. Uh, it's a hell of a lot funnier. Um, but yeah, I what the fuck, dude? I've you, read like, a couple I can't of even articles. I can't even believe this is real. I've read a couple of articles about it, trying to make sense of it, and I'm like, okay, a couple people have talked about how it's such a great satire. No, it's not. There's nothing in this movie that points to it being properly satirical. If it is, it is not well executed. Um, somebody said like, oh, oh it, 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 I will say definitively, every article, pro or con about it, makes a point to say, this is not for everyone. This is a very strange movie. And the little snippet I read about it on Collider pitched it in such a way that it was like, oh, this is super schlocky and will like make a lot of people upset. And I was like, oh, this sounds like another malignant situation. I fucking love malignant. Let's see what this movie's about. And we get to the reveal and I was like, that is wholly unexpected. Okay, let's see what happens. Now and are we talking like are we talking like um Bigfoot vomiting on Sam Elliott unexpected or because like, that was unexpected. It is unexpected. I think for me, it was more like, are you seriously going to explore this recent of an issue? Like it feels almost like an episode of like law and order where it's that whole like rip from the headlines kind of thing. Only it's a movie and made badly and it's not it doesn't have like a stand-in for Mr. Epstein Malone like not there. Gotcha. it's just full-on his name yeah. and referencing real things that happened and so it just becomes even more gross the further along it goes and again it's in super poor taste because again these, these things really did happen um yeah, I don't and, and and like Katie found an article with an interview with the writer director and she seems like way up her own ass. Uh, um and yeah, it's just it's gross and it's awful. And if you know someone who really likes it, there there's probably something like functionally wrong with them. 
Um, I would highly recommend avoiding this movie at all costs. It's not even worth like the morbid curiosity watch. Wow. Just don't. Just don't do it. Damn. Like that Michael Jordan meme. Stop it. Get help. Stop. Get help. <laughs> you know what show i feel like that about i mean obviously it's not as grotesque as as that (laughs) but it's a show that we're all familiar with to some extent and they unfortunately just got a season a new season oh god what (laughs) is legends of tomorrow (laughs) no no not yet right now fingers crossed they are they they are not they are one of the shows that have not been renewed just yet so keep my fingers crossed that don't you know it. don't take it <laughs> but it is uh one of the shows that did get renewed and that is the flash <laughs> like how it's 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 obviously it's like obviously it's not it's not what you just described but when you were saying all those things like yeah go sit in front of a wall you know go watch any literally anything else I was like, damn, I feel like this every Wednesday at 8 o'clock. That's crazy. Um, like, they're just, this show is just, it's 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 lived beyond its shelf life. Um, I, I think, Such I think. It's a shame, too. Because those first, <laughs> I, like, three seasons were pretty solid. And then, man. That's I really crazy. think that they're, I think that just, narratively, they are just at a point now where they just need to just, you know, just uh, just let it just 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 let it go. Just you know, I get that the show is popular and but you know, just because it's popular doesn't mean you're doing the right thing. Because right now people are watching for reasons that are not very, you know, being a hero. Yep. And it's just, and like they've even gotten to a point now where they're they're like, damn, we don't even care about our own continuity. <laughs> like Fuck, fuck things we set up in previous seasons. Who, who cares about our own established rules? Let's just do stuff. Because like, I, I, I think that the structure of the show is like the way that they've structured it, I'm okay with. Like if you are going to force a show to have to have 20 episodes and you don't have a compelling enough you know, villain that you can write 20 quality episodes of, then I'm okay with like the current structure where they do like these little four to six episode like mini mini arcs, you know, where you you have a you know a villain comes in and everything gets wrapped up in like you know five episodes. I'm okay What's with that, that. One guy's name the the with the blood thing from oh uh, uh God uh I don't say Bloodborne uh not Bloodlust um it's not Bloodhaven it's um like that. It doesn't matter that that's how yeah. memorable, memorable he was you know. Like, yeah, well, I mean, he was actually good. He was, I mean, for me anyway, he was the last time the Flash was in, was any good. Like those that that those those episodes where Barry was like Dark Flash because of um yeah his uh, yeah, whatever, blood whatever uh, yeah. um yeah like that was when it was good and then just yeah. since then you know like it just seems it just seems to be this thing of like hey guys. We are the we all collectively together are the Flash, and it's like, but we're not though. <laughs> like, they've just made some just like really bad decisions. Like, Caitlin and Frost are now two separate characters. What? They, they yeah they have completely. I don't even remember like the logic that they use behind it, but they are completely separate characters. Frost is like running around doing karaoke with Chill Blaine. Um, Caitlin is like trying to figure out how to date again, I guess, or something. I don't know. But isn't, they've done that storyline before too. So like, she's trying to figure out how to date again, again. Yeah, and like, yeah, to yeah. It's so been like eight years since Ronnie died. Fuck. Like. <laughs> yeah, and he's coming back. So, so like, I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> you know, Cisco's gone. They're trying to. <laughs> The, the the show the sh- there's a character named Allegra that the showrunner created in the comics, and she literally is on the show simply because he created her, because she serves no purpose. Like even in episodes that are supposed to be about her, you know who's more interesting? Literally everything else. 
she was she was supposed to be the she was supposed to be the focus of this past like she had her whole thing this this past episode and i'm like why are you trying to force me to like her like she like this like she has the she has the personality of like gray paint like this is not this is not interesting and then they're trying to force a romance between her and chester just it's like can we just stop like i, I don't know i don't know what we're doing I don't know why we're doing this. I don't know why we need to have filler episodes when you're only getting 18 to begin with. Like, why we need to have filler. You're purposely giving us filler episodes that have no... that are not relevant to anything. But yeah, I... And it's such a disservice, because I'm like, fuck. We're getting both ends of the spectrum. And, like, Rambo, you need to get on this. Superman and Lois is so fucking good right now. It is. It is it's so, so good. Fucking good. <laughs> it's so fucking good right now. I it's don't. So... I, I don't know if it's like the commercials or what, man. But if there's something about like, and, and it's wrong to say turning me off because I'm just not actively thinking about it. And I'll see an ad and I'm like, oh fuck yeah, I need to catch up. And I just won't. Like the second it pops up on HBO Max, I'll burn through it in like a day and a half. Oh. Uh, for for sure, because I I want to I want to binge this as soon as this is this is oh, all yeah. done. This has been such a good season. It's it's been a fuck it's been a fucking wild like wild ride of a season. And it's again it's much like season one. You think everything is going one way, and then you are wrong, and you are very wrong, and they show you how very wrong you were because they intentionally misdirected you. But the way that they do it is so well done, and like. Uh, so it's like it's it's so especially and the stuff had with the the boys now it's like it's so good and like i feel like we're we're gonna get like a legitimate superboy episode like i think next week and i'm like fuck yes like give yeah. me this and so it's so disappointing that like that is so good and then like on the opposite end we are like recreating memes and, and like clumsily trying to do real life you know, storytelling about, you know, police and in, about inequalities and in, in policing on the flash. And it's like, mm, okay, I, I, I see what you're trying to get at. Can appreciate it, but all right. Yeah. I'm sure there are moments beforehand where it was like, no, this is over. But when the, the fucking lightsaber fight. Yeah. The second <laughs> I saw that, I was that like, was their I jump the shark moment. Yeah. I yeah. no, thank you. Yeah, no, you just, there's no reason. I, the only reason I even watch now is because I'm committed and, you know, there, there are, you know, there, there, there are elements that I do think can work. You know, the, the, the creator has shown me that, you know, he is capable of telling a, of like taking a comic storyline and adapting it and making it work for, for TV and doing it in a way that works, that focuses on, on Barry. But right now, like, those like Mike, you mentioned those first three seasons. We got to see like every season there was a story arc for for Barry in terms of him, you know, growing and learning and to become a hero. Like I made this TikTok last week. I'm like, how are you eight seasons in and you still need a pep talk to do your job? Like Barry Allen is supposed to be really smart. He's supposed to be he's yeah. supposed to be really really smart. Like, wh like why are we not getting that? Why, why, why is, why is Barry, you know, seemingly on the verge of crying every episode? Why is he seemingly just not, not, not like he, he's like, damn, I've been the Flash for eight years, and you know, until Iris or or Joe, and like I, I like the talks that he has with Joe because though they remind me of the early seasons, but like, why does it, need, why, why, like, are, like, are you, like, it makes me question if he's in the right profession. If you need a pep talk to, to go do your job every day, and and being in and, and being the Flash and taking on the responsibility of being a superhero, if you have to be talked into doing it, why are you doing it? Yeah, hundred percent. It's a, what a bummer, you know. But that's I mean, I, I, eventually all shows, ha all, all things must come to an end, and it's a shame that the, the Flash has to go out with a whimper from the way you're describing it. Fingers crossed that season nine is the final, the final yep. season. They are officially the longest running Arrowverse show. So yeah. hopefully they will, you know, put an end to the misery and, you know, I, um, I gotta say though, I have been pretty fortunate across the board because everything that I've been watching, I've been enjoying. 
Um, I've, I, I haven't delved into it because I know that neither of you watch it. So um, I just finished season four of uh, Star Trek Discovery, which I want to be clear because we'll talk about it on Mariah's show, which we now have a cool name for uh, Mariah's Star Trek uh, podcast that we're going to do. It's going to be Federation Conversations or FedCon, if you will. That's um, nice. I like that. Thanks. Um, we're going to talk about it in depth, but like I enjoyed it. But like I've noticed something recently that like it's not my favorite Star Trek. And that's okay. But I still enjoy it. I still enjoy watching it and I appreciate what it's doing. It's doing something different for a new generation. And that's fantastic. Like th it is so focused on making sure that the LGBTQIA community is, is feeling included in Star Trek. And that's absolutely what it should be doing. It's I'm not as into this as I was Star Trek The Next Generation. Um, but again, that's okay. I still enjoy watching it. There's a lot to love. I'm really looking forward to Star Trek The Strange New Worlds. I think that's going to be a lot of fun too. And like every time Discovery comes out, I'm going to sit down and I'm going to watch it. Star Trek Picard, the first four episodes are dynamite. I am super into this series. Like it is really, really fun. And what they're doing with it so far has been really, really enjoyable. Um, they're taking all these things that they did with the original Star Trek series and they're adding more depth to it. You're getting so much more depth as to why Jean-Luc Picard is the way he is and like some really, really powerful shit too. And I'm not going to spoil it for anybody. It's on Paramount Plus. Check it out if you can. Um, the one that I wanted to spend a little bit of time on, um, I wanted to bring up one thing real quick. Um, if you're unfamiliar with Neil Gaiman's wife, her name is Amanda Palmer. Um, if you're a fan, cool, but fuck you and fuck her. Um, I've said this before. I put her into the I put her into the same category as I do Joe Rogan. Um, it's not a novelty to use the N word, especially if you're a white person, and especially if you're doing it in an audience and you're doing it in a cutesy, clever, folksy way where you're singing a song. It's not cool. It really isn't. And I don't care who wants to defend her. I don't care. I don't want to hear this. Oh, uh, you're taking this out of context because it's the same fucking thing that Joe Rogan fans said. Fuck her for doing this. And the fact that it has not been addressed and she has not apologized is really disappointing. And like, I look up to Neil Gaiman in a way that I can't even describe because I think the way he writes is amazing. And like, I just want to know, like, has he said anything to her? Is it just like not talked about? Like... It just it's so strange to me to have somebody that is so well thought of like him who's on the cutting edge of what it is to be thoughtful when it comes to the media that you create and then her to just do this bullshit that she's doing. If you're unaware, find the video because there's video of her saying the N-word repeatedly on stage while white people are sitting there and clapping along to it. And it's just so fucking wrong. The optics of it are just awful. And I wanted to just take a quick aside to talk about that because now I'm going to pivot to things that I'm enjoying. But fuck her. <laughs> um, the series is on HBO Max. It is called Winning Time, The Rise of the Laker Dynasty. This show is so fucking fun because it combines two things that I love. That's history and sports. You I love sports? I know, right? I know. Contrary to popular <laughs> belief. Um <laughs> I shit on sports all the time because of where it's at currently. But, like, I'm a huge sports fan. I grew up a huge sports fan, and I love the history behind sports. And, like, that's exactly what this is. It's all about how the 1980s Lakers dynasty started and where it came from. And there's a lot of, like, nefarious shit in there, but it's all real. It's all what actually happened. And anybody who's a Washington football fan, you get to see some Jack Kent Cook because Jack Kent Cook used to own the Lakers before Jerry Buss bought them from Jack Kent Cook. And oh, like he is, he is, he is Jack Kent Cook to a T. He's this crusty old white man. And like, it's just, it's outstanding. John C. Riley plays Dr. Jerry Buss and he plays it to a T. He's so in entertaining and engaging. The guy that they have playing Magic Johnson um, I'm trying to remember the actor's name. I'm looking it up right now. Uh, Quincy Isaiah looks the part. He really does. Like, the guy they get to play Jerry West is this actor, Jason Clark. Friggin' fantastic. Um, friggin', um, oh man, why am I blanking on his name right now? Um, he plays Pat, Adrian Brody. Adrian Brody plays Pat Riley. And he's so good. Like, oh. um, Michael Chiklis. Michael Chiklis plays Red Auerbach. 
from the Boston Celtics. This it is fantastic. It is so enjoyable. It's it's a little over the top, and I don't know how historically accurate it is, but from what I know, it's pretty close, man. And like it's 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 just really really fun. Um, the behind the scenes thing that I wanted to talk about with this though, this is an Adam McKay produced thing. You might remember Adam McKay from producing and directing such movies as Anchorman. Um, Anchorman 2, uh, pretty much anything that has Will Ferrell in it, right? Um, this series, Winning Time, The Rise of the Lakers Dynasty, has caused Will Ferrell and Adam McKay to no longer be friends. Because... That's not true. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> okay. All right. Clarify they, this for me, because I was reading a story that, like, they don't even talk to each other anymore because of this. They they haven't talked to each other for years. Oh, okay. There you go. Okay. Yeah. Somebody was telling me Sorry. that this was like the nail in the coffin, though. I mean, is that that may be true, but I've read interviews with both of them where it was uh, there were some some business dealings uh, yep. that neither of them was happy about. Now, you know, you know, you know what it could be. It could be that this show has been in development for a long time. It has. And that this, you know what? I I I, I renege on my comment. Hey, no, you know what? Um, no. uh, keep it, and here's why because it gives context to this, because I didn't know all the other stuff. What I had read was, is that they had been producing and working on this for a long time. And that uh, Farrell really, really, really wanted to play Dr. Jerry Buss. And McKay was like, eh, I don't know, man. And all of this other stuff just adds depth to this. So I appreciate that, Rambo. Sure. Um, John C. Riley was like, bro, let me be Jerry Buss. And Adam McKay was like, yeah, cool. I like it, I'm for it. And Will Farrell was like, the fuck what who did you cast you cast riley and like him and riley are good friends but like it was like a slap in the face to will ferrell that he cast john c riley in the role that he really really wanted that's a, that make oh no that, that makes total sense yeah, yeah. no i yeah. i was i i hadn't considered how long this had been in development um i just knew that they had had a, a big split um a couple years back and i knew it was i knew it was it was behind the camera stuff uh yeah. not in front of the camera stuff but this is that that makes a lot of sense this has been in this, they've been working on this since 2014. um adam mckay yeah, started working on it with kevin yeah. messick in 2015. in 2019 hbo ordered a pilot for the series so it's been they've been working on it for for a while. So yeah, but, and like I'll have to get more information on it. Oh wait, that's right because Michael Shannon was supposed to be Dr. Jerry Buss. Huh. I'll watch him before do anything. Yeah right. Jason <laughs> He's Jason in that. Clark Jason Clark and Michael Shannon were cast to portray Jerry Buss and uh, Jerry West and Jerry Buss respectively. However, the next month Shannon would uh, exit due to creative differences and would be recast as John C. Riley. Uh, Shannon reportedly did not like the fourth wall breaking format of the show and found it difficult to work with. Mm -hmm. um, which actually, that's really, really fun. Because what'll happen is it's very similar to some of the other stuff that Adam McKay has done, where like they'll be doing like a historical thing and then they'll look at the camera and be like, yeah, so here's what's going on right now. And like, I actually really enjoy it. I think it's really creative and it's fun. McKay is a big fan of that. Yeah. What happens, the first time I saw him do that was in uh, The Big Short. Yeah. Here's here's what's in uh, it's in Wikipedia. During the project's development, collaborators McKay and Will Ferrell ended their friendship due to McKay's decision to cast John C. Riley over Ferrell without telling him. Yeah, that's a bummer. <laughs> Man, that sucks. But like honestly, like it's it's a good goddamn series. So I mean, I've I've really enjoyed it. It's worth watching, especially if you're a sports fan. But also too, like it's just it's a good 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 series so far. Yeah, what's up, bud? Uh, no, I'm I'm because I'm, I do plan on watching it. Um, yeah. Can you speak to like um, Magic, like Magic Johnson's portrayal? Portrayal, because apparently he doesn't like he was not he was reportedly not looking forward to this series, which is part mm. of the reason he's like apparently doing his own documentary that comes out later this year about that exact time period. Gotcha. Let me be clear. Three episodes in they haven't really done anything per se to like really cast him in a bad light. It's realistic as far as I'm concerned, because what it is, is it's showing him as this dude who came from Michigan state who had just won them a title 
like he, one of the things that was heartbreaking is like his 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 uh his mom is very 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 religious and after he gets his first contract after signing with the lakers he buys his mom this really really fancy tub right and he's like this is the tub that you're always talking about from the commercials where you you're like man i wish i could get one of those because i see all these white ladies in them and i want one of these tubs too and she's just like why do you spend your money on this this is bullshit. i don't need this my tub is fine and he's like upset he's like mom i thought you would have been happy because like she's constantly criticizing him and like constantly like you need to be better you're better than this you know don't let hollywood ruin you that sort of thing but then she's like dismissive of the whole thing his father irving johnson senior is like baby did you really have to do all that and like he kind of like smooths her over a little bit but then when there's like a big church function she's bragging about the tub to all of her friends so like magic sees this and it really upsets him so like i don't know if that's true i i don't know but like it really adds a lot of depth to the story and it it makes sense but man that dude is fucking everybody he can like he is just like putting in work like in this series, like every single girl he can get his hands on. He's just like, hey, what's up, girl? Like, I don't know how accurate that is, but he did say later in later in life, after he retired from basketball, that that's where he got HIV from. Again, I don't know how accurate this is. But Yeah, without knowing, it, it definitely seems like he's the kind of, I mean, he's always going to project the image of like, I have a very carefully cultivated image. Yeah, 100%, especially yeah. with him being like a sports owner now because he owns, like, he's part owner of the Lakers, he's part owner of the Dodgers. Like, dudes, yeah. Yeah, I could I could see it. Like, but like, at the same time too, like, he's likable as shit. He really is. He's this really nice kid who just wants to play basketball and like, is is brought in where, like, Jerry West didn't want him. Because he was like, well, I don't like this really tall point guard. That doesn't make sense. So I'm going to put him in the post. And like um, Jerry Buss the whole time is fighting for him. He's like, nah, man, put him where he is. This guy, because right now at this point in the NBA and in, in the early 80s, like late 70s, early 80s, the NBA is struggling big time. Nobody's coming to games. Nobody gives a fuck. And like this is why the Lakers became what they are, because Jerry Buss created the Showtime Lakers, you need to show up to this game because it's not just the game, it's the whole experience. There's the Laker girls, there's the forum becomes a star itself. So like, it's he, this is why he brought Magic Johnson in. And like, it's really, really interesting to watch, but like, yeah, super likable. At one point, like, uh, I guess she, and I think eventually she becomes his wife. Um, the character's name is Cookie. Cookie dumps him and starts dating this dude who's running a shoe store. And of course, Magic Johnson's like ragging on him the whole time, right? He sees them playing a pickup game after he's gotten drafted by the Lakers, right? Before he leaves Michigan. And he's like, oh, no, 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 fuck this. And he gets into the pickup game and basically just beats down Cookie's new boyfriend in the game. And he's talking shit the whole time. And I'm just loving it because I love like when basketball players do that. I love when they talk shit to each other while they're doing it. Hey, watch this. I'm going to post up on you. And then they'll like dunk on him. Like, yeah, he does that. And it's just fucking fantastic. I don't know if Magic was like that because that wasn't his reputation. In the, in the uh, He was like, oh, he's the nice guy, always smiling. But again, like you said, Rambo, that fits that narrative that he's created. Yeah, I mean, like, that's that's not even me being like, oh, well, he's trying to hide, blah, blah, blah. It, it seems very much, it just seems very much like he has, he seems too squeaky clean and has for a long, long time. Yeah. And I could see him, you know, and particularly as a guy who's, who's as rich and powerful as he is now, wanting to be like no no no! i have complete control over this narrative and it's like well we're going to tell the story we're going to tell oh yeah and we're going to try and have it be as accurate as possible and that means there's going to be some stuff that you probably aren't going to like yeah they um, um they portray kareem abdul jabbar as such a douche <laughs> it's so funny like he um he's they show him filming that scene that he's in an airplane right and again, I don't know how accurate this is, but like the kid that he's filming that scene with, like after they stop filming, comes up to you, goes, Mr. Abdul-Jabbar, I, I wasn't kidding. You are my favorite basketball player. Can I get your autograph? And Abdul-Jabbar's response is, get fucked, kid. Exactly. Like it's it's so ridiculous. It's hilarious. And like, yeah, he he like... Well, he's so in his zone because he um, he converts to Islam and he's really into jazz. And like 
he will just be like not paying attention to people and like put his headphones on. He's like completely detached and like people will like come up to him and ask him something and he's just like, I'm not listening to you. I'm just ignoring you. Like he's, they really play him off like a total douchebag. And it's, it's kind of entertaining. <laughs> and I'm really curious to see how this plays out because like, yeah, like once I saw Adrian Brody show up and I was like, he's Pat Riley. Oh shit, this is going to be good. Like this is, yeah, I'm, I'm really, really interested in how this is going to play out. But it's, uh, I think that new episodes come out every Sunday. So um, I binged the first the first three and I was like, fuck, there's no more. I have to wait. So, yeah, they're doing a good job of like building um, excitement for this, too. So. Nice. I'm going to have to give it a watch. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's good shit. Oh, Jason Siegel's in this, too. Are you serious? Yeah. Jason Siegel is going to be playing Paul Westhead, which if you're a basketball fan at all. Um, he basically inherited like the greatest Lakers team ever and took him to a championship and then was like fired the next year. That's how shitty a coach he was like. Yeah, if I remember correctly, he was only there for like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm reading this right now. Yeah, it says Westhead started his NBA coaching career by succeeding Jack McKinney as the coach of the Los Angeles Lakers after serving briefly as an assistant. Um Westhead initially became interim head coach after McKinney was hospitalized due to a, due to a serial, serious bicycle accident. With rookie Matt guard Magic Johnson and longtime star Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, the Lakers won the NBA Finals in 1980 in Westhead's first year as coach. Um, but, like, if I remember correctly, like, Pat Riley took over for him really, 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 really soon after that. It did not take very long for Riley to take over. Yeah, because it says tensions grew between Westhead and Magic Johnson as Johnson wanted Westhead to implement a fast-break offense involving all five players that he felt better suited his style of play, while Westhead had insisted to continue running an isolation-style offense around Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. Westhead was fired early in his third season. So, they, yeah, he literally won a championship and then was fired two years after that because of Magic, which, I mean, it made sense because Riley won, what, like five more championships? So... The irony which makes what Magic did unfortunate is that I had already decided to fire him, but I don't think anyone will ever totally believe that. So so Jerry Buss was already going to fire him anyways, but apparently Magic was talking shit about him, so. Whoop. Yeah. That's what you get, apparently. Yeah, I remember he was the coach at George Mason for a hot second. Paul Westhead, not Magic Johnson, obviously. Oh, is it him? Yeah, I remember Cause, that because I remember when I was yeah when I was in middle school, some people went to like Paul Westhead's um, uh, basketball camp up at George Mason, and uh, that was a big thing apparently. So, oh, he coached it for the Chicago Bulls as well. Oh yeah, okay. So this is he coached the Chicago Bulls before they got Jordan. So, yeah, he was he was screwed no matter what. Okay, makes sense. Yeah. Reason we don't remember him. Exactly. He's <laughs> 83 years old. Jesus, I didn't realize he was that old. Fuck. Oh well. Whatever. Mm-hmm. Sucks to be you, Paul. Um. On that note, we'll go ahead and wrap up uh, this week's episodes of At the Diner. Uh, I want to thank Mr. MC Brooks. I want to thank Mr. James Rambo for their wonderful contributions to all things Great Geek Refuge. Hey, check us out. We got a website, it's greatgeekrefuge.com. More importantly, we've got lots of new t-shirts, lots of new designs. We actually have a new um, provider for our t-shirts as well. We're gonna be using Spreadshirt going forward because Spreadshirt has so many more options. So like all those shirts that we've done before now have way more options for you as far as different styles, different colors, different designs that we were able to create on their website. So big shout out to Spreadshirt for having some pretty dope uh, t-shirt options available for us. In fact, we sold one of our first superhero ones. Uh, I don't know who it was, but somebody picked up uh, one of the Captain Marvel designs that I did. So I'm super excited to see who that was. I'd love to see a picture. I don't know who did it, but um, yeah, somebody picked that one up. Somebody picked up one of Rambo's uh, fuck around and find out uh, with Ripley in a lab coat. Uh, hey, nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so we're, we're selling some, we're selling some shirts, man. It's pretty cool. Um, uh, a friend of yours, Rambo, who has now subsequently become a friend of mine as well, uh, named Aaron, who is from Minnesota, made some requests. And she was like, do you have any Minnesota designs? And I made one for her. And she bought a couple of those for her and her uh, husband. So big shout out to Aaron as well. We appreciate you. And she says she listens to the podcast. So hello, Aaron. Thank you. Welcome. Hi, Aaron. Yeah. Howdy. Um, yeah, it's 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 a good time to be a geek. So um, we appreciate everybody uh, who is a fan, who follows us, who shares our stuff. 
we really truly do appreciate all that you guys are doing for us. Uh, we'll just keep making podcasts. You guys keep listening. I think it's a pretty good deal. Uh, on that note, we will be back next week. Same bat time, same bat channel. So make sure you tune in for more episodes of at the diner and all of the wonderful, um, GGR podcast that we do. Uh, you can check out MC's most recent episode of the overflow, which you put out last week, correct? Yes. Yeah. I'm glad you mentioned it. Cause, um, is I can make this announcement that um, for both the overflow and post game, I'm alternating weeks. Episodes come out every Tuesday. Every Tuesday awesome. going forward, there'll be a brand new episode coming uh, coming out for for one of which. So yeah, last week I did the last week's overflow review the the uh, Jujitsu Kaisen movie that just came out one week ago, and uh, for post game uh, this coming Tuesday, I am going to be talking about you know accountability and uh you know deshaun watson and dan snyder Ooh, that'll be good man i can't wait to hear that one because like i can't believe cleveland threw all that money at deshaun watson and they were just like oh 22 allegations of sexual misconduct and a big deal he can throw that football real far yeah oh it gets even worse because I, I wanted to wait till i watched the press conference yesterday did yesterday to yeah. uh to, so i could include some some of their quotes from it because they yeah. yeah, they uh, they look very bad right now. Yeah, can't can't wait to hear uh, what you have to say about that for sure. But um, for all of us here at the Great Geek Refuge, we love you. We appreciate you. Check out our podcast as soon as you possibly can. Check out the website as well. Uh, and remember, together, there are no heights that we can't reach. GGR Pirate Radio. Make sure you check out our website, greatgeekrefuge.com, for all of our awesome articles and wonderful podcasts. This has been Pirate Radio Network production, Juice Bags. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, boy! <laughs>